Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the podcast. Quick housekeeping as per usual. If you are new here, welcome. Thank you so much for listening. Follow me on Instagram, at Felix.Levine. I post all small clips from my shows over there. YouTube, Felix Levine. Just search my name. You'll see my channel. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Turn on those notifications. I post all video versions of my episodes, some small clips, etc. So super important for you to subscribe there. And TikTok, I know I finally caved into the TikTok world, but it's just uh, it's just great for short form content. I try to post multiple clips from episodes. So if you want to get a little hint of what my show is about, check me out over there. Um, Felix Levine, I believe, is the is the handle. Follow me there. Like all my stuff. Comment. Let's get these algorithms pumping. So I think that's that's mostly it for housekeeping. Oh, you know, as usual, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, or other, subscribe, turn on those notifications so that you can uh, be notified every time that I drop a new episode. And I think that's it. Now the good stuff. Let's get into my guest today. And my guest today, she is probably one of the smartest, kindest, really most talented people I've ever come across. She was actually just opening for Stromae here in New York City at MSG. That's how I got acquainted with her. And I mean, I'm just so excited for where she's headed. She's one of the biggest stars hailing from South Africa, and she is making her presence known here in the U.S. on this tour with Stromae. So I'm excited to see where her career goes. But without further ado, please welcome the lovely show, Majosi. live show thank you so much for for taking the time seriously um i know you're extremely busy extremely tired but that's why i got you the coffee and uh but i'm honestly um excited to have you on my show so thank you for being here thank you so much so i told you a few seconds ago is there a little something the world doesn't know yet about you that you've put out you know from all the interviews and anything you've put out into the ether so far um i think there's so much people don't know about know. me that's why I'm here. Right? Exactly. This is why we have these conversations. <laughs> um, I I used to... I'm thinking about this because I'm just looking at this brand that I'm wearing um, called Pith. It's a Nigerian brand. Okay. And they kind of upcycle um, these, like, secondhand clothes um, and make them into these really dope custom stuff. Yeah. And I really like that because there's just there's too many clothes in the world. Um, and it reminded me of the fact that when I was like 19, I was doing that. Um, <laughs> I was living in Senegal, hustling, and then I would go and get these clothes and like customize them into these cute little items and then sell them to like cool people with money. <laughs> I remember, because I, so I was reading... Uh, I was reading a little bit about some of your story and I think it was, so you were selling clothes at markets in Senegal, correct? Yeah, I used to make, so you, I used to put on this like market event okay, and like sell these clothes. And that was, that was not too long. That was 
right? That was like, I think it, it said 2016. Wait, so you're telling me you know the story? I well, I know, I know <laughs> that you were selling clothes on. I didn't know all of it. So, yeah, but uh, that's not long ago. That's not long ago. That would have been 2016. Six years ago. Hmm. Man, imagine. Think about all that's happened in six years. Bruh. Have My you, life have, changed. Have you had a second to just kind of like take it in and be like. <laughs> mm, it's so much. There's moments of like, wow, this is really happening. Yeah. Um, but to really take the whole thing in, it's so much. What What are some of those moments where you're able to kind of be like, okay, this is this is really happening? Like, what goes <laughs> What goes on in your head while you're while you're thinking that? Is it gratitude? Is it like, okay, more? Or is it? I, mean, <laughs> more, I don't know. Maybe you're, just, yeah. <laughs> maybe, you're getting, maybe you're getting greedy out here. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's yeah it's a it's a mix of things sometimes i'll be really really nervous before a show and then i'll look out at like the stands like this is mostly in a sound check before people arrive and i'll just kind of like look out and be like but you know this is so so what a blessing another thought that occurs to me a lot when i'm feeling stressed or i feel like it's overwhelming and i'm like I think to myself, okay, but what else would I be doing? Yeah. <laughs> what else would I rather do? And nothing comes to mind. So then I'm like, okay, well, this is my life. Is it, uh, is it like, do the nerves, are there more nerves for bigger arenas, let's say? Or is it just depending on how your mood that day? That's actually a good point. Um, that I get, I get really nervous before performing regardless. Regardless. Yeah. What was, so a little bit of background for, for those listening. Um, I was fortunately introduced to you just what day? Wednesday, Monday night. Yeah, so two um, days ago. When show opened for Stromae. <sighs> Imagine I told you six years ago that sentence at Madison Square Garden. What are you telling me? There is medication <laughs> available. <laughs> uh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta see somebody. <laughs> yeah, I know, but isn't that? But in a way, that's um, that's amazing. And and so it was funny because um, I was telling you a little bit before off air that uh. Monday night, I had gotten tickets from my mom for her birthday. Cute. To come to come see Stromae at Madison Square Garden. So we're French, half French. Okay. So we were like, you know, this is for us. It's like, ah, oh, Stromae, Stromae. And Madison Square Garden is like, whew. I mean, it's Madison Square. Exactly. I don't really need to explain. And uh, we got there nice and early. And then you were the opener. And me and my mom were both like, wow, she's special. Like, she's unbelievable. Um, and I think for me personally, uh, what stood out was just like the music, of course, unbelievable. But I think just like your energy and your it just it was and I'm not even saying this because you're sitting in front of me. Like it was very much like everybody, it, whether they knew you or didn't yet, they were like getting into it and they were. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was excited, at least for me too, to to hopefully introduce you to more of the American audience, um, because I think that uh, that as an artist you're special, and seemingly I've only known you for about a solid seven minutes now, but as a human being as well. Um, but I mean, you know, I was even imagining when you were when you were first were talking a little bit about being coming from South Africa, and this was like I think this was the first show that you did in the U.S. First Romae or no? Oh yeah, right. I'm just roommates who I've just joined now. Just so like, and so you did. So you started with MSG. Yeah, I guess exactly. it only goes it only goes down <laughs> downhill from here. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit crazy. Like, and you saw the first one, so we didn't I, get the chance to tweak or yeah. work out the kinks. When did you get to New York? 
So we had arrived the day before. <laughs> and and so the two other dancers is are these the people that you that are always with you? Yeah. And what are their names? Nia and Sheila. And they were they were I mean they were unbelievable too, talented, flexible. Ah, flexible. <laughs> at the end, you, oh, well, I don't want to spoil. The, the, the splits. Oh man! You know what I'm talking. You know what I'm talking about. That is fucking. I was like, holy shit! That made my legs hurt. Um, that made your legs hurt. <laughs> yeah, and I can I can barely do anything close. Um, but uh, but for me it was just uh truly special. And I think you know. And I was thinking when you were talking to the crowd and saying like, you know, I'm from South Africa, like hello. And it was just like, it must have been surreal. You look out and you see like it's Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Filled, sold out. Yeah. What's like when you're on stage? Are you able to think like I'm a, I'm performing at Madison, a sold out Madison Square Garden, or are you just focused on what you're doing? Um, it's such a rush. Being up there is such a rush. Like most of what, like thinking back on the show, happens after. Like when you're on there, you're taken by something else. You become something else. Like I think if, when people know me, like as Maya, and then see Shoma Josie, I think they know there's a difference. Right. Um. There's a couple of moments, like, sometimes I give myself a moment to just, like, look up into the lights, and then I'm like, oh, my gosh, okay, this is happening. Just to make sure that I'm, like, present. Um, but, yeah, that feeling, <laughs> it's quite crazy. Descri well, describe, I guess, for the 99.9% .9 of people who will never feel it, myself included, <laughs> um, what is what is that feeling when you're looking out into, I don't know how many fit at Madison Square Garden, but it's got to be 20, 30,000 at least. Yeah. Like what, just like, I don't know, what, I always wonder like what goes through your head? I think you become bigger than you. Mm. You become something else because you have so much energy coming towards you. I think you you expand. Like I I don't think as like me sitting here, I wouldn't be able to deal with 20,000 right. people. But yeah. when you're on stage, you actually become something else. Like I really think you elevate to something else. And I think that's why people look at musicians as like almost gods in some sense. Mm -hmm. or Because in that moment, you're, big, you're bigger than just you. And that's right. probably why we get stage names and stuff because right. you're something else. Like, <laughs> what, what would you say is the biggest difference between show and maya oh good question mm, i think shoma josie is like a merchant of joy for sure and um energy and is like is is a certain like part of my creative ideas and then maya spends a lot of time thinking mm. and it's like right now are you maya or you show <laughs> that's a tricky thing because basically interviews you know you're talking and stuff um but you bring out a very calm energy in me so i think i'm more like maya you're my are you so i was also reading um you went to university here mm -hmm. and uh poetry yeah maya the poet oh so is there a difference between maya maya the poet and like are there th are there now three personalities or is maya and maya the poet kind of the same um, like all of these are different facets of me. So like Maya is kind of like the umbrella and then underneath there's like Maya the poet where I'm like a lot more, uh, critical. Mm -hmm. So like I write a lot of my poems are quite outspoken and a lot about like identity, politics, etc. Uh, the music side is really about a certain kind of like 
um, expression of, I think, energy, joy, mischief, cheekiness, etc., which is also a part of me. Um, and I like, I like both. As Maya, I'm more of like the the mastermind behind everything. Mm-hmm. So that's not as fun because <laughs> I spend literally most of my time thinking and planning. What <laughs> when when you say I spend most of my time thinking? Is it thinking thinking about what? Is it music? Is it? Um... I think the world. I think I spend a lot of time thinking about why things are the way they are. What am I gonna do um, about things? <laughs> Is there something particular that you'd like to do about a particular thing? <laughs> <laughs> um, so everything I try to do is like in some way um, challenging some of the things I want to challenge. So definitely for me, I I feel I've been put on this earth to change mm. it. I'm not really here to like keep things the way they are. It just is. I don't know if you feel that way or if that's a general feeling. I mean, I think... I think you're impacting more people. So I feel like you, um, well, like, I guess, I guess the question would be like, what, what would be if, if given one power to change one thing, what would be like the atop your, your list of priorities? Um, I like that. I like that. It's, I have to be creative about the mm-hmm. many ways I can change people's minds, but what I want to change is people's minds, I guess, about things. So, you know, and then I, I get to come up with these creative ways to do it. Right. So, like, I might write a short story. I might write a poem to change people's minds about whatever. Um, the perception of, let's say, Africa to the rest of the world. Um, perceptions about race, etc. Perceptions about women. Um, and then I might use Shoma Josie to change people's perception about my culture and how to use tradition and music and to also say, like, like let's celebrate and be happy and as a young woman i can be all these different things so like yeah i want to change people's i think minds more than anything and i use music i write and in my whole life is going to be an exploration of the many ways i can do that how have you seen already you know i guess in the last five six years the way that you've been able to either change people or change yourself oh the self part it's heavy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. What the hell? You, slept, you like slipped that in there. You just at the end, you know? <laughs> wow. Um, let me start with people. <laughs> I've had a massive impact. It's hard for me to talk, like, to, toot my own horn. No, you don't, we know you're humble. You can, you can toot your own Thank horn. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, good. Go ahead, Disclaimer. Go ahead. No. I'm very humble. Now. The person making these statements is actually very humble in uh, yeah. person. <laughs> now let's bring out the arrogance. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've had... Again, it's very hard for me to admit. Just say it. I've had a massive impact on uh, culture in my country in very specific and measurable ways. For example, the culture of like braiding, like women braiding their hair Mm -hmm. versus when just before I started, a lot of women, majority of women, black women, were simply doing like straight hair extensions weaves etc okay. at that time you it was very common to see a whole group of women black women in south africa in an african country in which all of them had like straight hair right these days it's very common to see a whole group of women in the club in the whatever all with braids 
um, the styles of braids, little girls wanting braids, little girls wanting to wear traditional attire. I've changed, I think, a lot of... So, you know, I come from an ethnic group that for a long time was really, like, marginalized um, or, like, left out of, of really the mainstream conversation in South Africa and really, like, made fun of and things. And I know that from my impact, a lot of people have become way more proud to say that we are Tsonga, etc. Um, I've done things that people don't even realize. <laughs> like? So, like, South Africa has a complicated relationship with Africans from other countries. Okay. Why is that? Um, yeah, I know. But it, I think it should be education. Like, my goal, honestly, is, like, I want, I want people to not only know more about you, but I think also you know because you're bringing your culture and your 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 history your life into into the work that you do so that's why i want you know as, as educational as possible for, okay, for the american audience okay let's go yeah. so so south africa i i sometimes like jokingly compare south africans to america in the sense that americans really really have like a superiority complex mm -hmm. like americans truly have live a very american focused life and mm. think that the world kind of revolves around right. them and one of the results of that is like um not as much knowledge about the rest of the world right um south africa is similar in a smaller scale <laughs> mm. so south africans have a, like a superiority complex on the african continent i see feeling that we're more developed quote unquote feeling um and in yeah in, in many ways it's also true a wealthier country etc um although i have a lot to say about that but um yeah even on a less negative note south africans do have a complicated history of being secluded from the rest of the continent right. and so yeah there's a lot of ignorance and then a lot of that ignorance turns to fear um and I think because so many people are poor and marginalized, you end up like fighting over these like limited resources, right? right? While the rich flourish uh, and live and, on. And that's what and that's what part of the uh, well, I don't want to spoil your your performance, but there's a there's a moment I don't want to misquote you either. Don't remember. Oh no, I kind of remember it. It was like you basically are saying how the rich politicians. Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> These motherfuckers. I'm telling you. I, no, I know it's bad. I mean, it's bad. It's it's bad over. It's bad over. Like, I, like, I don't know. I'm Did not, you say it's bad over there? I, it's it's bad. I mean, there's it's bad in a lot of places. But um, but I think my mom and I got a, a specific kick out of it when you were like. You know, talking about these rich politicians at the club. Yeah. And you're like, at least I hope that they're listening to my music. <laughs> Which yeah. honestly is pretty that's the most gangster shit I've ever heard. Like <laughs> that is <laughs> like and I and I really hope they are too. Um, but yeah. I think it's uh that's what I think I also appreciated about when I was watching you perform on Monday was there's it's not just music, it's like you're making statements. Right? And it's uh and you're as you were saying, like you wanna change some people's minds. Yeah. And I think the Shoma Josie vehicle is perfect for that because it's not preachy, mm -hmm. you know. Because I could sit and write a bunch of articles or make a bunch of speeches, but the Shoma Josie one kind of just. And I think honestly, the preachy stuff, nobody like 
Nobody's. It doesn't resonate. Nobody but me. But in the middle of a very fun song, I'll make a ex- little jab. A little jab at the politician who's in the club spending Bruh. all the money for, while everybody exactly. else is dying. Exactly. So. So how do we change this? How do we change that setup with the politicians? Yeah, it's tough, right? I'm coming up with ideas. I'm open to ideas as well. Um, there's a lot of like these like uh, you know fly young women that are sleeping with a lot of them and also spending the tax money. I'm thinking if we can co-opt them. <laughs> We should get them to rob them. To either rob them. While they're sleeping? <laughs> Give me the yeah. exact, like... This seems a short term, though, yeah. Felix. That's We're going to get a couple of, of our money, of our rands get, back. They got to get their bank accounts, we're their routing numbers. We're going to what they're up to, right? Like, I'm thinking these what girls are, are around them while they're making these massive, like, corruption phone calls. Why not? These girls should come up with a spy ring. Okay, oh, really uncover good. what's going on and bring all of them down somehow. Anyways, I've, no, this I've is got great. tons of pro- ideas. This is great. You're being proactive. No, I, I, I love this. I love this show. This is fantastic. <laughs> so this is, this, see this, when people That's, say activism, nah, this no, is the good let's stuff. Let's really think about this, guys, because we've tried, like, 100%. we're telling them in South Africa, thank goodness, we have free speech, right? So we are criticizing these guys every day online. It's not that they don't know. So we have to be more creative, right? <laughs> hit them. Okay, this is the one thing, right? These guys, <laughs> let me tell you something about these guys. These guys, they're all the same, right? Yeah. Deep down. The women, money, the nice life. Right. So we kn- now we know how they work. Right. So you got to hit them where exactly, exactly where, when they're hurts. least expecting it. If you are a slave queen right now and you're sleeping mm. with a politician, I don't know which camera to look at, but if you're, <laughs> if you are, if you're in bed with like, one of the corrupt guys please guys like do something let's talk <laughs> and come up with a plan because it can't go like this <laughs> because i'm paying taxes and it hurts a lot, a lot of taxes over there yeah tax. and, and it's going and it right hurts. to them because and they're not, hel- and they're not helping them. anybody that's in poverty dog okay so for us it's like i'm paying double tax because you're supposed to pay taxes so that you have security, so that you have, like, good infrastructure, so that you have, like, hospitals and education. You're paying for their vacations. Thank you. We're paying for also their fun times with <laughs> these lovely, lovely ladies. Um, <laughs> the bags and the what. And it's it really hurts. I don't want to lie. Oh like, it hurts being in the club and the guys are spending money and stuff. Like, you know, I've had bowling as politicians or their sons or whatever comes to a club and trying to spend money uh, on me and I'm like that's my money don't yeah. <laughs> that's mine isn't that so crazy it is it's infuriating Wait, have you ever had a, an interaction where you're like actually with so like I guess one of these either the politicians themselves or their sons or whatever yeah and, and you know kind of who they are like you don't ever just like yell at them or like be like look I know I stay telling them okay. I stay telling them uh, so they're trying to put like like, draw it up for me. Like, they're there. They're trying to flirt. They're trying to do the little thing. And you're mm. like, no, 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 honey. I, yeah. I read right through it. Give me your money. I stay doing that. And I've done this in multiple <laughs> countries. <laughs> Wait, give me an example of, like, back home in, in South Africa. Um, Without using names, of course. Right. Um, let me Can't try to think of a like recent that. example. You're at the club. You're with your friends. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When did this happen? Was I even at the club? I think who did I recently tell off? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm telling all of them off. Oh really? Oh yeah. So they. But I also tell the politicians directly. So, so they. <laughs> wait. So like. Not even just their sons. So like what? It's so like what? If, but like I'm curious. Like what's the exact language you're using? Like what are you guys up to? Like sometimes I'll call someone. Like the last time this happened, I got on the phone. 
and was like, ah, guys, what's up? And, then, and oh, and another time. They think they're slick. That's the issue. But like, no, we read right through it. They are awful. And I think the really painful thing, the really sad thing about all of this, like the saddest thing, like I'm actually emotional thinking about it, is that you even, like if the population felt truly outraged about corruption, it would be so much easier to do something about it. Mm. But people are not. What I've realized is that the South African population is not actually outraged about corruption. They just wish it was them in that position. <laughs> like everyone, it's not oh. a thing that like don't don't corrupt like you know state money. People just wish they're waiting for their turn. But not just that. I think what's sad is that we have such an aspirational society and like like really consumer driven. Mm. So really status and like the sense of like I'm a human being and I deserve dignity and respect goes hand in hand with like what car am I driving what brand am I wearing mm. etc etc like and the so they look up to those guys like someone will be like literally my friend called out like a blatantly corrupt <laughs> woman <laughs> online who had literally just been exposed for like some fraud with tax money Classic. blah 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 but then she goes off and then she's like wearing fancy what 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 <laughs> and so she, this my friend is like no this person is corrupt <laughs> and people are like you're jealous <laughs> she's like of what <laughs> and then they're like yeah you just you know you wish you were bowling like her um, instead of being inspired by her you're hating she's like uh -huh. inspired to do what like rip you guys off <laughs> Ay, ay, ay. It's mad. But, you know, little by little, we work. We, we work. I, I have hope. I think. You have, do you think, have you seen any progress? No. It's tough, though. That's the thing. It's really, a, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> have I seen progress? I think the population, I've seen progress in the population. I think, like, the current generation of university students are way more woke and way more outspoken. Um, I see very smart people putting out, yeah, kind of getting fed up. So I'm excited to see where that energy will lead. What's one thing maybe you wish that, you know, this secluded, arrogant Western population of America, or at least in America, um, what's maybe one misconception that you wish that more people here knew about South Africa or Africa as a continent? Um, how dope it is. Mm -hmm. I think people don't know, and then they closed off. I love Johannesburg, which is where I live. Mm -hmm. It's so much fun. The party life, the people, the music, the vibes, the fashion. And I think people here, as much as I think the whole thing of like we live in huts and stuff, I think is played out. But still, people, I, don't, I think, don't realize how cool mm. people are out there. South Africans are like some of the coolest people on earth. Um, Do you meet a lot of South Africans here when you? Are, no, not really. No. And what, like at the at the shows, can you like were there people that were from South that do you know at all? Yeah, some there, people. There was a lot of people. Like I was look because I had like a side view, so I could see like the whole uh, GA section. Yeah, and there were people going crazy. I can <laughs> tell if like they were previous fans or new fans. They just loved you, but uh, I think it was new. I mean, and I think probably I hope for you. A lot of people stuck, myself included. That's amazing. As uh, because I think that, you know, ultimately the message is. I mean, first and foremost, the music is fantastic. Yeah. But also the message is powerful, and I think that um, I th what I'm also curious about is kind of how much your, because you went so you went to school here. Yeah. University four years. 
mm. in Massachusetts, yeah. Mm. Um, what was that like? Did you you enjoy it? It's tough. It's tough. Massachusetts was cold. I know. I went uh, to I went to Boston University, so I was, oh yeah, I was down the road. Mm-hmm. Cold, cold it's is cold. It's cold. So it was tricky, but you know, back then you kind of like I was like, you know, there's a lot of rage against the system, mm-hmm. which a lot of it was warranted. Um, but then a lot of it as well is just that age. Like I think when you're that age, you're you have all this. You're trying to figure out who you are, and that's tough. Did in, Did you feel like you're able to do that when you was that your first time kind of living or even being in the United States? Have you had you been sure. to the United States before that? I think I had visited once as it like a tourist proper, and then <laughs> <laughs> what like what. What drives one to go to Massachusetts for university coming from South Africa? <laughs> a scholarship. Yeah. <laughs> that will do it. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. But, uh, but yeah, it must have been a little bit of a culture shock because Massachusetts is a, is a whole. And that's not even like my, no, no disrespect. That's not even like nice Massachusetts. It's like, okay. like I mean, like. Oh, did I, you say it's not nice Massachusetts? I mean, there's, there's some bad parts of Massachusetts. Like, <laughs> do you know that area? A tiny bit. Yeah. A tiny bit. Um, it's just university. It's literally that and trees, right? Yeah, and trees and lakes. A lot of trees and lakes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> did you did you feel like you were able to develop your creative mind over there? Absolutely. Yeah, I wrote a lot. I did a lot of research. I read a lot. Um, I miss that. I miss just really? like your only job is to like learn stuff. Did you ever imagine that the musical career was gonna sprout from that when you were? At that age? No. Never. I wanted to be a writer. I thought yeah. I was going to write. And then from that, I was like, well, no, I'm going to be a politician. And then that somehow led me to you becoming a, a pop po- star. You would, you would crush as a politician. You never. You, know, you think so? A hundred percent. I don't have enough patience, I yeah, think, I for people. So what happened is I ended up working for a political campaign agency. And, and I would go... So we would do campa- campaigns with people. And one of the toughest parts was going to these meetings all over the country and the amount of ridiculous protocol. Uh, first, when I say hi to blah, blah, people are talking for like 30 minutes before they've even said anything. <laughs> I can't do that. Speed it up, ma'am. Yep. You need to, but you we need, need to get but to we the need point. people like you if we want change. If you if if you're gonna vote for me, just trust things are gonna be way faster. All this stuff of uh, we we acknowledge this person and honorable so and so. Some of them are uh, not yeah. even honorable, and like you're literally lying, and you know so and so and so and like just the the, the amount of it's gross, right? The the what is it called? The fanfare around it is so it's just so fake, so fake, and also the there's so much of like man, what is it called? Manness. A lot of men. <laughs> Masculinity. Like like men. What's it called? I don't think it's mansplaining. What is it called? Like oh, when I men like take up space on the train by opening their legs oh, that's, like that's this. That's spreading. Men spreading. Yeah, that's a classic. Men really have this notion that they deserve to be listened to into great length <laughs> just because they're men. Don't know better than you, etc. No, but we're the worst. Honest, honest to God, we're the worst. <laughs> no, like. <Straight> up. <laughs> It's true, right? You're not bad, though. Thank you, show. But no, in general, I think we're... Yeah. And we're very, like, when you boil us down, we're, we're very simple. Like, we're not... That's the thing. You know, but we think that we're something more. <laughs> That's the issue. You know, and then there's a bunch of cultural stuff that happens as well. Like, you know, in various 
parts of Africa, South Africa, like um, what, what, like where where um, the, we have a huge um, social ranking that has to do with age and gender. So if you're an older man. I'm like the opposite of that. I'm like yeah. a young woman. Like I'm. They in think terms they're of, here. They think you're here. So in you know saying anything and having those ideas and having them be taken seriously, um, I'm pretty good at having people take me seriously. I'm not good at like listening to people ramble on and on. To the old men that wanna that wanna mansplain and manspread their. I'm very bad at that. You tell them to their face. You're like, hey, buddy. All no way. Day. Oh, they must hate. They must go crazy. <laughs> I'm so full. Like even my mom is like <laughs> scared of bringing me around like elders. So stuff. you just say like, like you're like eh. Yeah. Just. And there's like a respect thing in my culture that sometimes you know I'm I'm someone who like I'm seen as like a champion of culture mm-hmm. and traditional culture and African history, African culture. But I never take it whole, sa- whole scale like as it is. I'm constantly challenging some of those notions. There's things I love and I think we should take the best ideas and, 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 and like, use them in our daily lives. But the parts that are not useful, we should get rid of. What are some of the, like, the best ideas that you, s- you think that we should use more in oh, our daily lives? So many. Um, there's an entire economy that happens in uh, rural areas okay. that is not a capitalist economy. Right. So when you go to weddings, funerals, etc., you have like a a workforce that is cooking, etc. People are not hiring caterers, mm. etc. You have there's a system in place where you know women from the village will come together and they are doing the cooking the night before. Um, if it's a funeral, the men come, they slaughter. Uh, maybe a cow or right. something, and then they dig the grave, etc. The young men are responsible for covering the ga- the grave and digging. Like the the roles are kind of assigned, and none of that has to do with the exchange of money. No one is being paid mm. for that. But there's certain kind of power, like you know, I can have as much money as I want, but the woman that has that network, she's the one that calls all of the other women. They know, like the night before, etc. They do this, and there's a certain. I just love it for how interesting it is that not all interactions have to be money based. Mm. Um, I think we could learn a lot from that, and not all exchanges should have to be like capitalist in nature. When those when those exchanges are not, you know, I guess capitalist in nature, what what are the dynamics like between the people? Exactly. So that's where one it allows for different kinds of respect because. In an urban environment, which is like really kind of a bastardization of uh, what like African like family sort of units were, in those places, the only way to have respect is to have money, right, mm. and wealth. What it does in rural areas is that there's other ways of having respect. I have uncles who have no money but hold a considerable amount of power because of how because of the networks they have. I see. You also, you are forced to be there. Like my mom probably every weekend is going to a funeral or a wedding. You have to support one another because that's the exchange. If you don't go to other people's things, they're not going to come to yours. Right? And um, so it, there's like a communalness. And then you're forced to treat people, one, with respect, mm. and two, with forgiveness. And that's really tough. Because if your neighbor pisses you off, you actually cannot cut them off because you're going to live together right. forever and you need them 
Right. You need one another. So you have to find ways of living with people even when you don't like them. Even when they do something to upset you, you still have to be there. Whereas it's a very capitalist notion that you can just cut people off that you don't like. I want to block this person. I wanna, nah, 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 because we're used to paying for mm. our services. So I don't have to be nice to people. I don't have to be nice to my Uber driver because I'm paying him. Um, I don't have to be nice to my neighbor because I don't need them to look right, after my kids. Right, I'll right. pay a babysitter. Uh, you know what I'm very saying? Very much like, yeah, so like the capitalist is like stay in your own lane. I can... Well, so I'm curious, like what... How different is, in, I guess in your, in your experience or observation, the difference between someone who holds power via respect and someone who holds power via money? Um... What I've noticed in those spaces is that the money respect is not real. Mm. People talk about you behind your back. You feel powerful. You're the one who comes home. You have you bringing the money, right. and everyone smiles and yeah. is fake in front of but you because you they need your money. When you don't have the money, you go, oh. oh yeah, yeah. When you don't have the money, I mean, please. Yeah. <laughs> That's the one other problem about that is uh. that it is fully dependent on whether that money is still flowing. But two, I found that the respect is not real and you, people are like, and this, this, you know, I'll be open is something that I feel I've gotten to experience because I then, you know, have become um, successful. Just say it, you're a star. So. <laughs> <laughs> i become a really big deal. No. I'm like the shit, but yeah, continue. <laughs> You know, I've done I've done decently for myself. Yes. I've been able to make a living and I've been able to contribute then in the family structure. So I know that feeling of being like you come home and you're the one kind of like also paying for a lot of things, etc. And I do know that some people like I have cousins and whatever who before were just like oh, this one is whatever oh, yeah. who when now you, are like when you came home. Hey, show. Hey, hey Maya. <laughs> <laughs> So I know that that respect, it's um, it's a different one. How do you handle that? I guess mentally, you know, knowing because you're smart, like you could see, you could see the switch up. Like, um, <laughs> like how do you kind of handle that? Because you know, as you continue to get, become more successful, mm. hopefully the money comes in as well. Like, and still trying to navigate relationships that matter to you, such as family and friends and others. Yeah. Um. Getting that balance is going to be, I think, the constant work of my life. Um, wanting to be as generous as possible, but also not wanting to create a situation in which I'm just like a, a bank for bank show. <laughs> my whole village. Um, I love to be generous. I love that I can help where I can. Um, I've tried to not directed in such a way where it's just completely like capitalist or consumerist in nature where it's like if people want to go to school i support that endeavor because that gives you like right. the the skills to be able to create a life for yourself what i don't want to create is people that are just dependent so if people want to go to school that's fine I'll definitely contribute to that if people want to start stuff and whatever. I'm more interested in people that are interested in creating a life for themselves mm. rather than just giving out freebies. And do you feel like since you've gotten, you know, successful? Um, <laughs> Why are you uncomfortable saying it? No, I'm just, I'm just trying to. <laughs> I, <laughs> very, very, 
<laughs> um, do you feel like yourself uh, that you have to kind of regulate and understand at each moment? Um, you know, I'm I'm making this amount of money, but like to not forget where you come from and to not you know because it's it's hard. I think a lot of a lot of stars, stars, um, a lot of stars. You know, they kind of they get wrapped up in it and they can get wrapped up in it pretty quickly. And so I feel like, you know, you always need, you always need a few people to humble you. Your mom still humbles you? Um, Family. Yeah. So much. I, they, I don't think they even see me as being a star. I need to That's rectify good, that. <laughs> no? It's better like, than that. Dude, I won a BET award and that night, my dad calls me and he's like, well done on the award. Anyway, did you see what's happening in Turkey? I'm like, bro. <laughs> Literally, like, Cardi B just congratulated me. And then you're like, did you see what the opposition is doing in Turkey? <laughs> he literally said, well done. Anyway, yo, things are bad in Turkey right now. Did I hadn't. You? I hadn't. So I was like, what is going on? Like, dad, tell me. For real. <laughs> like, those people, I mean, dude, <laughs> my mom and dad, they are, yep. It's good. You need that, you. though. Yeah. I called my mom once having, like, a meltdown. I don't think I can do this. I just want to give up. And she's like, no, don't give up. It's going to be okay. And she's like, that's what she said. She's like, it's going to be okay. And I said, like, how do you know that? And she's like, well, I can't tell you to give up. <laughs> see, that's love. Mm, thank you, mom. Yeah, that's love. She See, that's hilarious. She said, like, well, I'm your mom. I can't say give up. Like, <laughs> Maybe deep down she wanted to say it. Who knows? For real. So now I'm like, is that what you mean? At what point? At what point did you know? Like, oh wait, this is I could do this. I don't know. Please, every day it's every... changing. <laughs> no, but now you have to. Just earlier today, I was like, can I do this? Come on, you were at MSG last night. What are you talking about? Can I do this, bro? bro. See, but at least this is good. It's not. That's that for me is a sign. It's not getting to your head. You got if you as long as you have doubts, I think. The day that you don't have doubts, I'll be concerned for you. I also think that I was thinking about this and I was saying like, man, I wish my brain would give me an easier time at this, right? I've done so much stuff. It's like, when are you going to be like, yo, I'm like, this is it. Like, this is like, I'm this big, I'm the biggest star or I'm like huge or whatever. And then I thought about it and I thought, man, it would be so horrible if you really believed that. Mm -hmm. Like, because then truly, truly, I feel like you're not living a human experience, mm -hmm. you know? I love being the underdog. I love, like, proving, like, getting new fans. I love proving to new audiences that, like, yo, this is what we're doing and trying to win people over. Right. If that was already done, I don't know. I feel like yeah, I would, Yeah, what would like, you do? What do you do? Were you just going to sit on vacation all day? I really don't know. Like, what does Beyonce do at this point, for example? Yeah, that's true. That's... That scares me. She's with um. Because at that point, what are you gonna do next? Okay, I would make an argument for Beyonce. I think she's well. Yeah, she's the biggest. That's big, man. That's not. That's 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 bigger than big. That's. I think she probably found. I mean, I don't. I'm not gonna speak for Beyonce, but she probably found other when she had kids. I think. You know, I think. Right. You so find you... you find purpose, and you realize that. I mean, I'd love to be able to ask her. Beyonce's right here. Um, I'll call her. Yeah. Tell her. Felix wants <laughs> to have an interview. Want, yeah, exactly. If Jay Z wants to come, that's fine. Too okay, well. yeah. How do we feel about Jay Z? Um, genius. How did, okay, wait, real talk. How did he cheat on Beyonce? Did he cheat on Beyonce? That's literally. Show, where you been? In South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows. 
He cheated? Yeah, he, <laughs> he cheated. He che you know when she says Becky with the good hair? Yeah. She, that's what she's really right, Jabari. Right, I'm right about that. Look, that's, I don't that's, know. I don't know about this. Is, this is I'm not even like. That was what lemonade was about. Yeah, exactly. What? Yeah. Are we wow, sure? We're breaking news to you. Are we sure? I, I'm 100 percent sure. 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of percent. 100. You know about this? <laughs> Everybody, show where you been at other than South Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I first and foremost, right? How do you cheat on me? That's what I'm saying, right? That's what you know. That's well, when firstly, I oh, wait, hold on, hold on. That's when I knew men were trash, and I'm and I'm a man, right? Like that's when I knew that we were garbage. I'm like, yo, if you're cheating on Beyonce, like, if you're cheating on Beyonce, like, yeah, we're fucked. Bruh, they're saying the best meal. It can be the best meal in the world if you're having it every day. <laughs> oh, I never heard that analogy. Yeah, but come on, you gotta be my favorite meal. If I was having it every day, I would say. Today I want some jollof rice so, instead. <laughs> you think that's what was going through JC's mind? That's life, my friend. <laughs> Damn. I think that's life, like, bruh. So I you, also, I, mm, yeah. So, but we can't justify cheating on Beyonce. You're justifying it. Am I justifying <laughs> it? So team, First and foremost, Jay Z. I have no. Like confirmation that this actually happened. This is show. I swear you're gonna you're gonna we're gonna leave this. You're gonna Google. I it. did not know. Firstly, that um, Beyonce was a songwriter. Mm. So I'm assuming all the songs we're hearing, someone else is writing them. So it could very well be someone else's life. What are the chances that she is going into like a writing camp and saying, "Guys, I got cheated on. Please write about it." Now nah, I'm telling you, this is true. Trust me, you're, that's a tricky one. You're gonna, we're gonna walk out of this after, and you're gonna Google it, and it's, it's like fat. But with no, who? No, Who's no, no, the no, person? No. Jay, okay, once I saw an interview that Jay Z did, this was this has been for years. This is like a known <laughs> thing. <laughs> who's the who's he cheating he, with? Some some woman that is, I guess the suit like her her anonymous name is Becky with is according to Beyonce is Becky. But, but but listen 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 listen, I can tell you two two things. One. They didn't. Jay Z did an interview, and he kind of open. He doesn't directly say I cheated, but right. he's like basically saying I cheated, yeah. and how he and Beyonce had to work through this marriage. Great, I think it was the New York Times. Okay, they did a long. They did a long interview, and he opens up about it. Um, and then I actually saw them perform. Yeah. And when Beyonce was singing Becky with the good hair, she gave him a look like I'm still kind of pissed about it. And then the whole stadium went crazy. <laughs> it was nuts. Um, and I was eating it up to be honest. Um. <sighs> Yeah, that's when I knew I lost faith. I was like, man, men, <laughs> we're fucked. I think in general we have to relook at this like relationship model, man. Mm. Right now I'm like not about it. You're not about it. Tell me why. Just, um, yeah, just weird. And now we're just going to take a quick break to talk to you about my longtime sponsor in U.S. Wellness Meats. At uswellnessmeats.com, you can choose from over 350 foods raised the way nature intended. That includes 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, lamb, bison, elk, and dairy. They also have pasture-raised heritage pork, wild-caught seafood, and pasture-raised poultry. These are some of the host of foods that you can find at uswellnessmeats.com where the owners are the actual farmers themselves and now they've introduced a subscription 
food delivery service, and curated sample farm bundles. Choose the bundle of food you want to receive every month, and they'll deliver it right to your door automatically. It's never been easier to serve your family real, honest-to-goodness food without the junk. U.S. Wellness Meats is the choice of championship sports teams, professional athletes, chefs, world-class trainers, and families just like yours all over America. Use promo code PODCAST, that's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, to save 15% off of every order at uswellnessmeats.com. Now let's get back into it. Is it because you just have no faith in men? Is it because only because of the past relationships? What is it? Mm. Not that I have to be your therapist or anything, but <laughs> <laughs> please, I need it. I'm on the road. No, My therapist I know. is no, back home. If you I want, I, I, we can we can get real deep. But yeah, continue. <laughs> um, like I just feel like um everything that we thought about relationships or that we grow up thinking and expecting may actually be flawed in many ways. And that's why we feel relationships are not working. Um, <laughs> like what? Like, so, I wanna... so like, I guess for you, like what was the perception growing up that re- a relationship should be? I think like everybody, I thought I'm going to find someone and we're going to immediately know that we're meant to be together and we're going to be together. Um, what I'm learning is that, like, love is an act and a skill and an art that you have to want to perform. People think you just have to meet the right person and then it will happen. When actually, why? It's like this thing that you we do and it's so important in our lives and we don't think you need to spend any time learning that skill, mm-hmm. learning how to love, working on it. We think it's the easiest thing in the world to love and that the problem is that we haven't found the right person to do that with. But actually, I don't think so. Do you feel like you've learned how to love? No way. That's why I have to I want to be alone for some time. Ah. So is that is that in your eyes the answer to finding how to love properly? What, being alone? Yeah. I think so. I want to actually like learn about it. Like I want to learn the skill and the art. Mm. And they're saying like with love, you have to decide you want to love. You want to gain the skill. And after that, you will be able to like, you know, apply it in various contexts in your life. The notion that you don't love people and, you know, you only love, let's say, the person that you're in a romantic relationship with, right? We even romanticize that idea. Right. Like, it's only you that I love. Right, right, right. I think that's actually a very flawed concept. Like, you should be a loving person. Mm. And then, one of the objects of that love should be your romantic partner. And then there should be, you know. Right. It shouldn't be about the object. It should be about you and your willingness and, like, ability to, to love. But I'm curious, like, so for someone listening right now who's like, maybe feels in the same boat as you yeah. who, but maybe is struggling on the process of like the, I guess the learning aspect right yeah like how how does one go about really learning like I think it's it's a tricky one right because like and honestly it's not talked about enough and I think you're 100% right like there's people are looking at an idealistic model of oh like and that I think is a huge problem with um the younger generation is like you think this is what love is and because you don't have it, it's you know you're it's detrimental, I guess, to to your psyche. But the I've, I actually never heard, and it's very well said, like the the learning how mm. to love. And I think um, I don't know. 
person, the young boy or girl out there who's listening and they want to learn how to love, what is, uh, what's Maya the poet saying? Uh, hey, what's Maya the poet saying? Maya the poet is saying, you are the best object to practice love on. Gotta love yourself first. Practice that on you. So I realize like I'm very bad at that. I'm so great at figuring out what other people need, what I need to be for others and like being that. And I've never, like I never have made the time to figure out what I like and being nice to me and being kind to myself, etc. The lessons you learn in like loving yourself, you start to like see like that you could apply that to others. When you do something you don't like or you mess up, I'm very bad at forgiving myself. And that's why I'm bad at forgiving others. Let uh, me learn. Let me see. How does that work? Okay, I got to forgive myself. Uh, then it's like, I'm, yeah, I'm a great object to practice this on. And then only once I've learned that, then I will learn to be able to forgive others. I'll, I think I'll be kinder to others once I've learned this. I'm very strict, like on myself. I have very high standards for myself and I set very high standards on others. I'm very bad at validating myself, so I'm bad at validating others. Ah. I'm not good at sitting down and saying like, wow, you did really well. You're projecting all of it. Mm, so then I don't know how to also do that for others. Right. I can't say to people, well, you guys, you're doing such a great job. It's because I can't validate even myself. When when did you kind of, I guess, realize some of these things? I don't know if it was a specific, specific moment or not. It was like three weeks ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so how have the last three weeks been? <laughs> Much better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, it's been, yeah, I've been thinking about these ideas mostly, like I would say this year, and I didn't want to face it, you know. Because it's a headache. It's a headache. It's, it's heavy. It's but within why three weeks? What? Headache. Oh, like a month, probably now, just over a month. Because then, um, yeah, I, <laughs> this relationship I was in ended. And bastard, I know. And all this time, right? I hope he doesn't watch this, but I hope so too. He's been so desperate for me, so he ended it, which was wild for me. <laughs> and he's he was he's been so desperate to try to convince, like, get me to say that it was a good idea to end it. And I'm like, no, it wasn't. Da, 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 da. But actually, in reality, <laughs> it it was. It was a good idea. It was a great idea. It's the best thing for me. <laughs> it's really how, the best. I hated it. If it was yeah, up to yeah, me, yeah, I would no. not have ended it, right? Well, how, how long were you guys together for? A year. Okay. If it was up to me, I did, I wouldn't have wanted it to end. But the I, like this is just stuff that I need to learn. And mm. I'm not superstitious. Like I'm, and I'm not like a chakra han, you know? But something is like, ah, the universe is trying to get me into this place where like I learn these lessons. And I think... Once I go through this, which feels difficult, I think I'm gonna be even more awesome. How? Well, I don't doubt this. How, <laughs> is was uh, was this your first serious relationship, or you had previous relationships? For me, like I think I'm at a stage where I thought that I'm ready to do something quite serious. Right. I think I spent my twenties well, having mm -hmm. fun, which As is how I recommend. As you should. So that's interesting. So then, since then, that's where like the self reflection came in, and yeah. Like I've I I don't recommend people to get into like very serious relationships young. Oh, it's supposed right. to learn yourself first. Right. And I mean, how have you been able to? That's probably also hard, you know, while being performing and on the road dealing with the the personal private life stuff. Yeah. Um. 
how were you were you performing at that when when that happened three three weeks a month ago um i was definitely in the middle of like right. very hectic stuff how do you how did you separate the two or was that or was the performing the outlet no i would like cry 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 get up get up dance dance, dance 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 <laughs> exactly. cry 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny if people could go through like my phone <laughs> it's crying selfies for real it's like me and then right after it's so funny because during your performance you said uh I thought it was a joke, but I guess it's not now. Um, where you're like, where you're like every. I don't want to spoil it. Where you're like everybody, like take a selfie and post it and tag me so I could show my ex. And I was like, yo, I was like, I wonder if that's real. That's so. But I funny. guess it is. How come you're questioning whether what I'm saying on stage is real? But I you're was, believing verbatim what Beyonce does yo, no, is an indication no. of Trust her me, actual we're gonna, life. We're gonna Google this together after. I swear. Yo, Eileen. I swear, but and I'm not even questioning what you're. Well, I didn't know if it was like. Nah, you're right. I guess I was questioning. You got me. I'm like very Real. raw. Yeah, I'm yeah, like no, not as um, I would say fashioned and modeled. And I would mm -hmm. assume somebody on Beyonce's sort of level that everything is like well thought out and planned. So it's crazy that you would <laughs> believe that and then not believe it. You saw sure, I'm is, like literally is, speaking like fr I, you can see me on stage. <laughs> I'm freestyling. <laughs> yeah, that's also that's honestly part of I think why I loved your performance so much was I was like, A, the energy, but I think part of that energy was like, yeah, I really think she's going like off rip, <laughs> off the, the like, <laughs> Did you see that we didn't even perform the last song? Oh yeah, yeah, you're like, like, oh, uh, do I have to go? <laughs> okay, thanks, Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, I know you're like, all right, out of here. Um, come on, Stromae, why are you kicking her? Why is he kicking no, off? first of all, I will not accept any Stromae slander I'm I, I'm, in the I'm world. One, I'm one of the biggest fans. I will physically fight people that like he's he's will say anything negative he's about a gem how'd you guys get introduced well i've i've looked up to him for many years yeah like as far as art and the craft yeah. and the writing and the i mean there is nobody that does it better like I agree. you can he's a genius in my opinion he's a genius i know a thoughtful genius and like, he's a sweetheart too no oh my god i can't even imagine yeah he really is yeah. you can't what you're seeing that's fine no but like you're imagining like probably like like cotton stuffed pillow whereas this is like baby down feather under the belly duck yeah like he's so soft little little bear he's squishy. Little energy yeah, yeah i realized i was hugging him inappropriately long the first time i said hi <laughs> but i didn't realize because i thought oh we're both in this together I was like, yeah. oh my god obviously oh my god and i think it got awkward and i was like oh he's like right. also he's really tall so oh yeah like, oh. he's like show get off me yeah i think he was like okay cool <laughs> um but what are the so what are the conversations i'm curious like back i don't know if you have them like backstage um is he like all right yeah he's really cool Must so be, nice does he is it calming or is it almost like okay i gotta He's very calm, very nice, very radiant energy. So soft. Looks like his skin is really. Yo, his good skin, skin is beautiful. I was like, I was because I was, had an angle, and I'm like, and he was kind of close. I'm like, damn. Yeah, you he, saw his face. Kind of. Well, you could. Well, a little bit on the. So there's. I think there was one time where it was on the screen, right. in between maybe. Um, but like the. Side, you realized that was an animation, so obviously yeah. his skin was gonna be perfect. Yeah. No, but I think they're not one, gonna like draw pimples uh, the on the animation. Thank you, show. <laughs> he, he, uh, the animations were unbelievable, by the way. Crazy. That was crazy. Crazy. The screens moving. That was, I was thinking, 
that must be an expensive little production set. You yep. have no idea. <laughs> no, I was think I was thinking I'm like six screens all moving, yay. Plus robot the top arms. ones with the robots. And you just got that robot to do that one little trick for like 30 seconds. He's so amazing because he's got songs to the point where like, and people know his music. Yeah. He could just have gone up there with the band and yeah. people would have been happy with the show, even minus the visuals. You could have had some lighting effects, blah, blah, blah. No, I know. The fact that he's like, no, I want, I need to go Wild. extra hard. I respect it. You know, like he's taken, and even like from a financial standpoint, he's like, I'd rather invest more for the experience right, of right. the of my fans right. than you know make more money myself. And these days, like touring has become really expensive. Right, I can to imagine. do, and he's not cutting corners. Like when you right. go to a Stromae show, right. it's the full experience. To be a part of that madness is like, and you it's still amazing. got, and you still got. So you got eight more shows yeah. or eight more cities. Eight more shows. Eight more shows. Yeah. So a couple in each city, I imagine. Well, obviously, like places like Montreal, right. we got a couple, you know, Les Français. Les Fran tu parles français? Oui. Tu parles français, alors. Wow. Okay, allons-y. Non, mais pour, pour, French, pour American audience, they don't want to hear that. Oh, they don't want to hear that. These uh, Americans, you know what I'm saying? The Sick. subtitles? My, oh, but that's... My, my, my editor will kill me. Uh, um, tu sais que... Um, il y a que un mot un en mot. français, un mot, oui. en français qui est. Uh, okay, wow, now I'm tripping. Um, so most. Yeah, she gave up. Oh, no, no, I didn't give up. <laughs> My French is actually immaculate. Yeah. But because of your audience, <laughs> I don't want them to feel left out. No, no, we don't want them to feel so left out. So in, in English, right? Like mm. all the words that end in ION are actually from French. Yon. Exactly, like all of them. Think about think it. You have one in English, though. Um, conclusion. Oh. Introduction. Introduction. Where all of them, except for the word translation. Translation. <laughs> oh. Traduction. Yeah. Wait. Conclusion. Seduction. Yeah, <laughs> oh, this is this is true. Once you Wait, know have that. You done, have you done, is this is this his facts? This is a fact. Yeah, They're all directly, lot. which is insane because when you think about it, I think there's about a hundred, like a thousand two hundred of those words. But the crazy part about it is mm. that if you look at a word like conclusion, it's like you can see that the root is obviously if it's exactly the same word. Right. We also use the word conclude. So when you learn, I like I basically taught all the viewers probably about 5,000 words right now in French. Look at that. Think about what they've learned on this. Bruh, love, did you fall for performances by mega superstars who are definitely <laughs> scripting it? Um, <laughs> She's still not convinced. <laughs> Trust me, we're gonna, I'm going to convince you. <laughs> what else have we learned? Um, so much. So much. So much. Uh, love, love has to be like an act. An active act. Um, we've learned that South Africa has a little bit of a like superiority complex on the continent. I didn't even finish that story, by the okay. way. Which is that so secretly, South Africa has this like there. There's some xenophobic sort of attitudes okay. towards other Africans. And so what I've done is like, I've inserted so much like Kiswahili, which is spoken in mm -hmm. East Africa, into my music. Right. And so South Africans are like singing along. And yeah, maybe not. And they, sometimes they not don't knowing. Even, they might not even realize because you go Tsonga, Swahili, 
English. English. So far, I think that's what I've done. Gotta get some French in there. Yeah. I should have like done that before going on this tour. Now we're going to Montreal, and I don't even have a French. Oh my god. I think we'll survive. Oh, okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) When you, I'm curious, what's your what's your metric for success? How do you how do you measure your own success? Is it like followers, money? How many people are listening, viewing? Like what, when you think of like, when you boil it down? Or is it just the, is it the, I guess more of like the anecdotal impact when you go back home and you see, and you see it? Mm. Hmm. Wow. Um, it, sheesh, it depends. I mean, it depends. <laughs> For me personally, I'll feel most successful when I find the perfect Venn diagram of like I'm being most honest in my work while reaching the most amount of people with it and while having a kind of a schedule that I feel happy with. Right. <laughs> That's when I'll be like, oh my God, I'm a G. I think Stromae has done that. With for himself? I think so. I think so too, yeah. Because he spent the last how many years not releasing right. music, but then doing, you know, he did a fashion line, etc. And he still has this following. Like he can spend nine years not releasing music. It's crazy. Getting more inspiration, spending time on the rest of his life. Um, and comes back with this beautiful music. Um, yeah. I think that's important. He's gotten it right. And then there's Shade. Do you know Shade? No. Oh my goodness, I was wondering about that, if Americans know Shade. How do you spell that? S-A-D-E. S-A-D-E, okay. So she's like this British-Nigerian singer, okay. massive. Um, she's also signed to uh, my label. Mm-hmm. My label, it's not yeah, like it's I yours. signed her. No. <laughs> you created it and you... <laughs> Look at that. Yeah, she's taking yeah, over she's the label. She's signed to my label. Uh... <laughs> yeah, she's all right. Yeah. <laughs> massive, massive artist um, who has this timeless music and like she'll release one album mm-hmm. and 10 years later release another one. She's about to release and her last album was in 2010. And I still listen to it. Wow. But she doesn't do like kind of the rat race, etc., etc. Right, right. Which is like, it's so difficult because I think with so much noise right now with social right. media and stuff, you kind of feel that what you should do is keep running along with it. Otherwise, you'll be left behind. Right. I I think that doesn't really leave room for like really meaningful and long-lasting work. Mm-hmm. So I want to find a balance where I'm, pro- I'm able to have the life that can produce thought-out work. Right. Um, yeah. To, to wrap things up, what do you... Cause I don't want to take up too much of your time. You're in New York. You gotta enjoy. What uh, when it's all said and done, knock on wood, many many more years of healthy, beautiful life. But when it's all said and done, what do you hope? I don't know if you ever think about legacy. What do you hope that um, the legacy is for for I guess just yourself, your family, mm. um, the people of South Africa, and everybody else that you're that you're touching. I want to make a change while I'm here. Mm-hmm. You know, right. legacy, I'll be gone. I won't even yeah. see what happens. I want yeah, you got to enjoy it. You got to yeah. see the change you're making. Someone asked, like, would you rather be like the biggest 
let's say the biggest at what you do but only after your death or be like decent and mediocre now and i found that to be a very difficult question because acclaim is important to me i'll Mm. like i'll admit that like it is important it's important for me that my work is recognized and praised you know um but at the same time i mean once i'm gone i I won't know (laughs) so i want to do as much as i can now and i want people to give me my flowers now yeah get your flowers now (laughs) um no, I have to say, well, first and foremost, thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you. Um, it was seriously, uh, I could talk to you for hours, but um, I want to, first, I, I got to tell you that for people listening, uh, the viewing experience and the live experience of seeing you perform is is special. And that's why I had reached out and uh, and my mom felt it as well. Um, so anybody, wherever you're, you know, whenever you're coming to a, a place nearby, um, I highly urge everybody to go go to a concert um you'll you'll very much enjoy but i think on a bigger level i don't even think that i'm able to measure the lives and the people that you've already touched and will continue to touch and um i feel inspired by you and uh i'm sure i'm speaking for a lot of other people out there in the world so thank you for for that and um continue being you thank you so much thank you